Shalom. We are now continuing our discussion of Shemitah's inner message with our focus on the preparatory stages of Shemitah. How even before the onset of the seventh year, Shemitah still has ramifications on our entire mindset and certain halachot as well. The halacha that we're discussing is the halacha of Tosefet Shvi'i. Tosefet Shvi'i means that despite the fact that the Shemitah year itself actually begins on Rosh Hashanah, it's the seventh year, it is Kfiya V'kaimah, it is rooted in nature. And the Mishnah at the beginning of Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Daf Bedom and Aleph tells us, Aleph B'Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah L'Shemitah U'Liyovalim. The first day of Tishrei, what we celebrate as Rosh Hashanah, is in fact the Rosh Hashanah, it is the beginning of the Shemitah year. Yet, there are certain halachot in the Shemitah year that apply even prior and even post that Shemitah year itself. The halachot of Tosef and Shvi'id are agreed upon by all. Yet there is a machloket, as we pointed out, between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel as to the exact source of the mitzvah of Tosef and Shvi'id. Rabbi Akiva derives his source from a verse in Parshat Kitisa. The verse in Parshat Kitisa at first glance would seem to be discussing only Shabbat. For six days you shall work, on the seventh day you shall rest. And then the addition of three extra words, Rabbi Akiva understands that these three words are not referring to Shabbat. As we know that on Shabbat, 39 malachot are forbidden, not only charisha and ksira, not only plowing and harvesting. And therefore he understands that this verse is actually referring to a different Shabbat. Not Shabbat Bereshit, Shabbat of the week, but rather Shabbat Ha'aretz, the Shabbat of the land. Shabbat Ha'aretz is not only restricted to the Shemitah year itself, says Rabbi Akiva, but even the plowing, which is an act always done prior to the planting, as well as, as, well as the harvesting, which is done after the planting and the crops are grown. All these halachot of pruning, of Plowing and harvesting affect the Shemitah year even prior to its arrival and after it leaves. Prior to its arrival, there are certain restrictions on what one can plow. Because Harisha shall erish says Rabbi Akiva, is also prohibited. Certain types of plowing, even prior to the Shemitah year, as we'll discuss soon, are prohibited. And Katsir shall motzei Certain things that grow during the Shemitah year, despite the fact that the Shemitah year has ended, the halachot of the Shemitah year extend into that produce even in its harvesting stage after the Shemitah year has ended. This is Rabbi Akiva's source for the mitzvah of Tosef Shvi'it. Rabbi Shmuel, while agreeing to the concept of Tosef Shvi'it, learns it from a different source, from an oral, oral tradition, a halacha l'moshe misinai, which tells us that in most cases it is prohibited to plow prior to the Shvi'it year, except for certain instances, as we'll soon see. These halachot of Tosef et Shvi'it, as we'll, as we'll notice, carry with them a dual message. On the one hand, Tosef et Shvi'it, as mentioned last week, is the model for the concept of Tosef et Kedusha. It's the model for the idea that one can take a mundane day and connect it to a time of holiness and bring that Kedusha in. Therefore, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah tells us that Tosef et Shvi'id, at least according to Rabbi Akiva, is the model for all concepts of Tosef et Kedusha. Tosef et Shabbat, the fact that one can start Shabbat early and include an added element to the day. Tosef et Yom Tov, Tosef et Yom Kippur, 
All of these would seem from the Gemara Nosh Hashanah, Rabbi Akiva derives from the concept of Tosefet Shvi. Tosefet Shvi tells us not only can one expand and extend the Kedusha of time, such as on Shabbat, extending the Kedusha to Erev Shabbat, and bringing the Kedusha in even to Motzei Shabbat, even after Shabbat has ended. Tosefet Shvi tells us that this concept of increasing and extending Kedusha does not only apply in time, but applies in place as well. It's a concept of Tosefet Makom. The concept of extending the Kedusha of a place. Because as we know, the Shemitah year is the seventh year. It's a special time. But the Shemitah is also restricted to a special place. It only applies in the land of Israel and by being restricted to the land of Israel. If we extend the Kedusha into the sixth year, what we essentially do is we extend two different forms of Kedusha. Both the Kedusha of time of the seventh year as well as the Kedusha of place of the unique nature of Eretz Yisrael during the seventh year is expanded into the sixth year as well. And therefore, Tosefet Shvi'it serves as the model for extending Kedusha. However, besides Tosefet Shvi'it being the archetype of extending Kedusha, Tosefet Shvi'it has its own identity as well. Tosefet Shvi'it is unique. It's a unique form of extending Kedusha which carries with it certain halachot. Special halachot which we'll discuss right now and in the process we'll find that not only are there unique prohibitions during the period prior to the Shemitah year and the period after the Shemitah year, but as well, those prohibitions create a certain mindset in an individual, allowing one to prepare for the Shemitah year when recognizing that certain things are prohibited even prior to Shemitah's arrival. We'll begin with the Gemara in Moikat on Daf Gimel Medalf. The Gemara here has the major discussion regarding the halachot of Tosefet Shvi. The Gemara points out, as we noted, the machloket between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel as to the exact source for Tosefet Shvi'it. According to Rabbi Shmuel, a halachal moshe misina, an orally transmitted tradition, and according to Rabbi Akiva, the verse, Becharish uvekatsir tishbon. And the Gemara tells us that everyone agrees that there is a halachal moshe misina of eser nitiot, that ten saplings, which have been planted prior to the Shemitah year, can be plowed, all through the Shemitah year itself. There are no halachot of Tosefet Shvi'it. That idea is mentioned in the Mishnah, in Shvi'it, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Vav, Eser Netiyot Mufuzarot Betoch Beit Sa'ah. If you have an area the size of a Beit Sa'ah, which has ten saplings planted there, Chorshin Kol Beit Sa'ah B'Shvilan Ad Rosh Hashanah. You can plow the entire field for their benefit until Rosh Hashanah itself. There is no halacha of Tosefet Shvi. This oral tradition <clears throat> would seem to be based upon the logic that the reason for the prohibition of plowing in advance of the Shemitah year is because the plowing is somehow necessary for the Shemitah year itself. When it comes to these ten saplings, in order for them to be able to grow, the plowing around them has to be done. And therefore, since their plowing is not for the benefit of the Shemitah year, but rather for the benefit of the saplings even prior to the Shemitah year, Therefore, it is permitted to plow the entire area. The Gemara as well mentions that only biblically prohibited malachot are prohibited during the, during the period of Tosefet Shvi. Despite the fact that there are numerous rabbinic prohibitions, which we'll learn, which focus on ensuring that Shabbat Ha'aretz can be maintained, ensuring that the Shabbat of the land can be achieved, nevertheless, only the biblical malachot are prohibited during the, Shemitah, during the period of Tosefet Shvi. 
Totor in Avodah and Daf Nun goes one step further and says not only are biblical malachot the only malachot prohibited, but only biblical malachot which are classified as avot, which are classified as the archetypical prohibitions in Shvi'i are prohibited. What this essentially tells us, without going into the specifics, is that despite the fact that there are prohibitions associated with Tosefet Shvi'it, these prohibitions are limited. They're not identical to the prohibitions of the Shemitah year itself. There are certain acts which are prohibited, but both on a biblical level and on a rabbinic level, it is not identical to the prohibitions which one finds in Shvi'it itself. The Gemara as well tells us there that the whole halacha l'moshem Sinai, which taught us that there is our halachot of Tosefet Shvit and prohibitions even prior to the onset of the Shemitah year itself, the same halacha l'moshem Sinai tells us that these prohibitions are only intact bizman shebeit hamikdash hayakayam, only when the beit hamikdash is around. Tosefet Shvit does not apply after the destruction of the beit hamikdash. The Gemara also tells us that despite the fact that this is true, nevertheless the Jews continued to observe the halachot of Tosefet Shvi'it until Rabban Gamliel and his Beitin and his court <coughs> identified the need to stop observing these mitzvot which were no longer obligatory and therefore Rabban Gamliel ubeidino bitlu Tosefet Shvi'it. Rabban Gamliel and his court essentially uprooted the halachot of Tosefet Shvi'it. And therefore the halachot of Tosefet Shvi'it themselves while obligatory bizman shebeit hamikdash hayakayam while obligatory at the time that the Beit HaMikdash stood, unfortunately no longer apply. Yet despite that, the Gemara tells us that there are numerous aspects of Tosefet Shvit which have to be understood to recognize, firstly, what Tosefet Shvit was about, all about at the time that the Beit HaMikdash stood, and secondly, what are the nature of other prohibitions which might not be included in the specifics of Tosefet Shvit and therefore are applicable even in our day and age, even when the Beit HaMikdash is no longer still. Regarding Tosefet Shvi'id itself, the Gemara says that Tosefet Shvi'id is a period of 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah. Midoraita, biblically, the only halachot regarding Tosefet Shvi'id apply in the month before the onset of the Shemitah year. At that point, Charishel Erish Shvi'id, plowing, which will be beneficial for the Shemitah year, is prohibited. One can understand this halacha in a very basic way. After all, why does one plow? Essentially, there are two reasons. Plowing is sometimes done to help that which is already planted grow, and that is usually done in Eser Nitiyo, in ten saplings, where something has already grown, one has trees around, and those trees, the ground around them needs to be turned in order to ensure that the nutrients reach the roots and let the trees grow to their maximum. However, if one is dealing with a field, the reason to plow is not for the benefit of the crops themselves that are already planted, but rather to benefit the planting that will come afterwards. This is the harisha which is prior to the zriya, the plowing which is prior to the planting. Why would one be plowing on the month before Shvi'id? Evidently, if one is plowing, there's good reason to assume that the plowing is for the benefit of something during the Shemitah year itself. But the Shemitah year itself is a year where we don't plant, where there's Shabbat Haaretz, there is rest of the land. And therefore, why should plowing be permitted? The prohibitions of plowing 
are essentially seemingly to ensure that any plowing which is for the benefit of the Shemitah year is prohibited. For that reason, despite the fact that biblically there is a prohibition only for 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah, the Mishnayot at the beginning of Mesechet Shvi'it, the Mesechta which deals with all the halachot of Shvi'it, point out right from the beginning that Tosefet Shvi'it was extended rabbinically. And the extensions and how far they went dependent upon what field was being discussed. Regarding a stay ilan, regarding an orchard, a field which is full with trees. So there the planting, as mentioned, can serve a dual role, either to allow for more planting or to allow for the trees to grow to their maximum. And therefore the Mishnah states that there's a machloket between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai as to exactly when it is prohibited to uh, begin to uh, continue plowing a stay ilan, according to Beit Shammai, Kozman Shi Omrim Ad When it comes to a orchard, Beit Shammai says that as long as it's beneficial for the tr- for the fruit of the tree, you're allowed to continue plowing because there it's clear that your plowing is not for the benefit of the shemitah year, which is going to be coming in a few months, but rather for the benefit of the existing fruit on the tree. Beit Hillel, though, says that it's only until the holiday of Shavuot. Vav Sivan, and the Mishnah continues and concludes, Essentially, the time difference between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai is not such a great time difference. In fact, in the first Mishnah, in the second parak in Masechat Shviit, it differentiates between a field where one grows wheat or other types of crops, where the prohibition is ad shetichla halecha, kol zman shebnei adam chorshin litab emikshaot uvemidlaot. The Tanakama says that the basis is whenever you find that the plowing is going to be beneficial for that which is there, it will be okay. But Reb Shimon comes and says you cannot provide different periods of time for every individual. We have to make something standard, and therefore, when dealing with a field of vegetables or other types of crops, one can only plow the field until Pesach. But when dealing with an orchard, as mentioned in the first parak, then one can plant until Shavuot. Then one can plow, excuse me, until Shavuot. Essentially, the distinction that comes out of our reading of the Mishnayot is as follows. Plowing, which is meant to be maintenance of that which is growing, is permitted. But plowing, which is viewed as a preparatory stage for later planting and later growth, that plowing is prohibited even way before 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah. In some cases, from Shavuot, when dealing with orchards, and in other cases, when dealing with regular fields, even from the time of Pesach. This is the basic halacha of Tosefet Shvi'it regarding the prohibition of plowing. However, there is another Mishnah in Mesechet Shvi'it which adds on prohibitions not only regarding plowing itself, but regarding planting as well. The Mishnah, Perik Bet, Mishnah Vav, says as follows, Ein not'in ve'ein mavrichin ve'ein markivin erev Shvi'it pachot mishloshim yom lefnei Rosh Hashanah. One may not plant, sink, or graft trees on the eve of the seventh year, less than 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. And the Mishnah says, if one did so, they must uproot what they planted. 
Essentially, what the mission is telling us is in addition to the prohibitions of plowing and preparing the field for the Shemitah year, which are in force for 30 days, there are also other prohibitions relating to planting, sinking, and grafting that are also forbidden. Although, regarding plowing, we found that the rabbis extended the time period for the prohibition of any time which one can essentially assume that the plowing is not beneficial to that which is already planted, but is rather preparation for the Shemitah year, regarding planting, grafting, and the like, the prohibition is only in force for 30 days. The commentaries discuss what is the nature of this prohibition of planting. And it will prove very important, because as we noted, the halachot of Tosefet Shvi'it themselves are no longer in effect after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, if these halachot stem from the nature of Tosefet Shvi'it, that Tosefet Shvi'it essentially does not only prohibit certain types of plowing, but certain types of planting as well, so then these halachot would no longer be enforced. However, if there is another element to the prohibition, something which is not directly connected to Tosefet Shvi'it, but a very similar halacha, so then there's good reason to assume that these halachot apply even in our day and age. And in fact, we find that this is a dispute among the commentaries. There are essentially three primary reasons mentioned in the commentaries as to why these acts should be prohibited prior to the Shemitah year. The Rash, in his commentary on the Mishnah, seems to understand that this prohibition is based on the halacha we are familiar with called Tosefet Shvi'it. That is to say, that Tosefet Shvi'it does not only prohibit plowing, but it also prohibits planting and other things as well. According to the Rash's understanding, logic would dictate that this prohibition is no longer in effect. There would be no prohibition, according to the Rash, to plant or do any of the like prior to the onset of the Shemitah year, as the halachot of Tosefet Shvi'it are no longer applicable in the unfortunate state of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. However, Rabbi Tam offers a different understanding. Rabbi Tam points out, in Tosot on Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yudah Medbet, a number of difficulties trying to understand that this halacha is actually related to the halacha of Tosefet Shvi'it. And therefore he explains very differently. The nature of this halacha is entirely different. We are not extending the time period for which there are prohibited acts prior to the Shemitah year regarding planting, but rather we are ensuring that that which we plant prior to the Shemitah year does not take root during the Shemitah year itself. The nature of the prohibition, explains Rabbeinu Tam, is to do an act prior to the Shemitah year where the effects of that act will be seen in the ground during the Shemitah year itself. This halacha, explains Rabbeinu Tam, is a landmark understanding which completely transforms our concept of Shvi'it and our concept of what must be prepared in advance of the Shemitah year. Says Rabbi Tam, in the advance of the Shemitah year, one cannot only focus on not preparing the ground for the Shemitah year itself by not plowing that which will only be beneficial for the Shemitah year, but rather one must ensure that any action which he does, even if he completes the action in advance, will not have a direct effect on the land prior to the Shemitah year. This halacha would seemingly be the essence of Tosefet Shvi'it according to the Rambam. The Rambam says in Peregimel Halacha Aleph that, there, that he follows the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael that the source of Tosefet Shvi'it is derived from a Halacha Moshmi Sinai 
an oral tradition that even prior to the Shemitah year there are certain restrictions. However, the Rambam explains what is the nature of this prohibition. The nature of this prohibition is that one is not allowed to do an act which is mitakein mipneishuhu mitakna l'shvi'i. Tosef tells us do not do anything which will be improving the land for Shemitah itself. But the Rambam, on the other hand, understands the nature of this halacha, that one cannot plant 30 days prior to Shvi'it, is not required as part of Tosef Shvi'it, but is merely because of married Ayin. It will look very bad. People will go and presume that the individual whose tree starts sprouting during the Shemitah year, very possibly he planted that tree during the Shemitah year itself. And therefore the prohibition is just to ensure that people don't assume and... <coughs> illegitimately accuse people of violating the Shemitah year by planting during the Shemitah year itself. However, the nature of the Rambam's understanding of Tosef Shvid is very similar to that of Rabbeinu Tam and his understanding of the prohibition of planting prior to the Shemitah year. Even prior to the Shemitah year itself, one must ensure that his actions do not have an effect on the ground of the Shemitah year. What is the basis of this halach? Last week we noted the opinion of the Chasam Sofer, Rosh Hashanah Daftet. The Chasim Sofer explains the discrep- discrepancy between Tosefet Shabbat and Tosefet Shvi'it is actually the source of the distinction between their various halachot. When it comes to Shabbat, we follow the opinion of Beit Hillel, who notes that as long as one completes his act prior to the onset of Shabbat, at least on a biblical level, there will be no prohibition, even if Due to his act, a malacha continues until Shabbat itself. Biblically, one can put something on the stove, even if it has not yet been cooked, and allow it to cook on Shabbat, as long as his placing on the stove was done prior to Shabbat itself. When it comes to Shemitah, however, what we've just noted, based upon the Rambam's understanding of Tosefet Shvid and Rabbeinu Tam's understanding of the prohibition to plant, even prior to the Shemitah year, one cannot do so. One is restricted in what they can plow and what they can plant if the effects of their act, although the act is completed prior to the onset of Shvi'it, if the effects of their act will be seen directly during the Shemitah year, one cannot do so even prior to the Shemitah year. The Chasm Sofer explained the distinction is rooted in the different natures of Shabbat Reshit and Shabbat Arts. Shabbat Reshit, Shabbat of the week, is focused on the individual. The individual must rest during this special period of time known as Shabbat. When it comes to Shvi'it, the seventh year, the focus is not only on time, but the focus on place as well. The focus is on Eretz Yisro. And therefore, Shabbat Ha'aretz is not only a Shabbat of man, but a Shabbat of the land as well. And this Shabbat of the land has to ensure that the land itself can rest. If something is done prior to the year of Shemitah, but its effects are going to be seen or are going to be recognized during Shemitah itself, that is a violation of Shabbat Ha'aretz. The Tosefet Shvi'it, the addition to the Kedusha of Shvi'it, is to allow us to ensure that even prior to the Shemitah year itself, one takes care not only that they personally do not violate Shvi'it through the performance of prohibited acts, but also that Shvi'it itself, the Shabbat of the land, the land itself can rest during the Shemitah year. That explains the Chatam Sofer, is the nature of the distinction between Shabbat Aretz and 
Shabbat Bereshit. And therefore, Tosef Shvit recognizes. And these halachot as well of not planting prior to the Shemitah year recognizes this unique aspect of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, which although specifically rooted in the seventh year, the Shabbat of the land, but its effects <coughs> are seen even prior to the onset of the Shemitah year itself. This is one primary aspect of Tosefet feet the prohibited acts prior to the Shemitah year. However, as noted, the Gemara uses Tosefet Shvi'it as the model, not only for Tosefet Shvi'it, the addition to the Shemitah year itself, but the addition of Kedusha in other places as well. This is found in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Daft The Gemara over there cites, seemingly, that according to Rabbi Akiva, derives from the verse, Becharishu Vekatsir Tishpot, that plowing is prohibited even prior to the onset of Shvi'it, based upon this verse in Parshat Kitisa. Seemingly, we have a source that Mosif and Michal al-Kodesh. We have a source that one can extend Kedusha even in other areas as well, even on Erev Shabbat, on Erev Yom Tov, and on Erev Yom HaKippur. The Gemara, however, questions that according to Rabbi Yishmael, who does not learn the verse in this way, how does he know that one can extend Michal al-Kodesh? How do we know that one can extend Kedusha? And we noted last class that he derives from the verse regarding Yom HaKippurim, V'initem et nafshotechem betisha lachodesh ba'erev, me'erev ad erev tishpetu shabbatchem. Although Yom Kippur is <coughs> observed on the tenth day, nevertheless, on the ninth day, the Pasuk tells us that one must already observe a Shabbat and observe Inui. Gemara learns from there that even prior to the answer of Yom Kippur, one must extend the Inui. One must extend the period of time for which he afflicts himself and for which he does not perform the five activities that are prohibited on Yom Kippur, eating, drinking, and the like. The commentaries, however, wonder about two essential questions in this Gemara. The Gemara, on the one hand, tells us that according to Rabbi Akiva, who has a source, a biblical verse, as a source for Tosef Shvi'it, he therefore has a model which he can extend and apply even to other cases as well and does not need a separate verse for the source for Mosif in Michol al-Kodesh in other areas as well. The commentaries, however, note, especially Rabbi Akiva Eger and the Turi Evan, the Achroni, how could this be? After all, Rabbi Akiva's source is specific regarding Shvi'it. It's focusing on the agricultural restrictions of plowing in the year prior to Shvi'it. What does that have to do with, with other aspects of Tosefet Kedusha? How is that connected to extending the Inu Yan Yom Kippur, afflicting oneself even prior to Yom Kippur? How does that serve as a model? On the other hand, regarding Rabbi Yishmael's opinion, Tos would point out in that Gemara and Rosh Hashanah that Rabbi Yishmael as well, as we noted, agrees to the concept of Tosefet Shvi. True, he learns it from a Halacha Lemosh Sinai. True, he learns it not from a verse, but rather from an oral tradition. But yet, why is that oral tradition that one can extend Kedusha of Shvi'it even into the sixth year, why is that oral tradition not sufficient to be used as a model, just like Rabbi Akiva's verses? Both of these questions are dealt by the commentaries. The Balamaur is so bothered by the question regarding Rabbi Akiva's opinion that the Balamaur notes that essentially even Rabbi Akiva is going to have to derive from the verse, even Rabbi Akiva will have to de- <coughs> derive from that verse the source of Tosefet Kedusha in other areas. 
What essentially the Balamor is saying is one cannot use Tosefet Shvi'it as the model for other types of extending Kedusha. However, the majority of commentaries disagree. The majority of commentaries understand that despite the fact that Tosefet Shvi'it is unique and is different than Tosefet Shabbat and the other types of extending Kedusha, nevertheless, Tosefet Shvi'it can serve as the source. On the other hand, regarding the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael, we find a dispute in Tosefot as to why it is that Rabbi Yishmael is not able to derive from his halacha Moshe Misinai, from his orally transmitted tradition, that one can extend other areas of Kedusha as well. Rabbeinu Tam notes the reason, very simple. The reason is that the halacha Moshe Misinai only tells us regarding plowing, only tells us regarding prohibitions on the year prior to Shvi'it, and doesn't tell us anything about extending the Kedusha even after Shvi'it. And therefore, when searching for a source of Tosefet Kedusha regarding other Yom and Tovim and Shabbos, we need to find a source that tells us equally extending Kedusha both before and after. Tosot, however, differs with Rabbi Nitam. And Tosot understands that the reason why the Halach L'Moshe Misina Rabbi Shmuel cannot be used as a source is because in general, a Halach L'Moshe Misina, an orally transmitted tradition, is only meant to teach us an area, a Halach in a specific area. It cannot be used to extend that same principle to other areas as well. A verse which Rabbi Akiva has can be used to extend. However, the something which is derived only from an orally transmitted tradition cannot be used as a source. This is the dispute we find in Tosul regarding the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. However, in order to understand the nature of the discussion, we have to add another question, which gets into the basis of Tosefet Shvit. The fundamental question regarding Tosefet Shvi'it is, what is the nature of all these halachot regarding Tosefet Shvi'it? Are Tosefet Shvi'it halachot because we essentially extend the seventh year into the sixth year? Shemitah year does not really begin only on Rosh Hashanah. For certain halachot, it begins even during the sixth year. We don't wait till the onset of Shvi'it when the strak when the clock strikes and Rosh Hashanah begins, but we actively take part in extending the Kedusha because the seventh year actually begins partially in the sixth. That is one understanding of Tosefet Shvit. The other understanding of Tosefet Shvit is more similar to what we have seen before. The halachot of Tosefet Shvit are related to the fact that one must prepare in advance of the Shemitah year to ensure that there are no negative effects regarding the ground and regarding the preparatory aspects of Shvi'id itself prior to the Shemitah year. One must not plow if that plowing will be beneficial to the seventh year. One must not plant if that planting will be beneficial to the seventh year. These two understandings of Tosefet Shvi'id, either an extension of the seventh year itself into the sixth year, or a separate halacha, not of extending the seventh year into the sixth year, but ensuring that one's actions during the sixth year do not have direct effects limiting the Shabbat Ha'aretz, limiting the rest of the land during the seventh year, both of these understandings of Tosefet Shvi'it provide a model not only for halachic restrictions during the Shemitah year, but rather for a model of how the time period prior to the Shemitah year can be used in advanced preparation for the spiritual aspects of what the Shemitah year is all about. Even prior to the answer to Shvi'it, Tosefet Shvi'it tells us, one can be a part of that Shemitah vision. One can take part in what Shemitah is all about. One can extend the concept of Kedusha 
not only restricting it to the seventh year in Eretz Yisrael, but extend it into one's life beyond. This concept that one can extend Kiddusha, although discussed a little in last class, has a fundamental aspect as the model for Tosefet Shvi'i and Tosefet Kiddusha as a whole. The way one prepares for Shabbat is similar to the way one prepares for Shabbat arts. In next class, the last in the preparatory discussion of Shvi'i will allow us to uncover the beauty of these halachot.